I'm going to ask you to stand for about three minutes with me as we introduce this message today. And just for a moment or two, I want to go back to Friday. Many, many years ago, there was a great, great African-American preacher from San Diego that preached a wonderful message. He actually marched with Martin Luther King Jr. He's one of the most famous preachers known in America today, uh, Pastor Samuel Lockridge. And of course, I can't preach it like he did, but I just want to read to you some things that he said about its Friday. So let's go back to Friday for a moment. Jesus is praying, Peter is sleeping, Judas is betraying, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday, Pilate's struggling, the council is conspiring, the crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying. But they don't know that Sunday's a coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scarlet. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sunday is a coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary. His blood dripping, his body stumbling, and his spirits burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday is coming. It's Friday. The world's winning, people are sinning, and evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nail my Savior's hands to the cross. They nail my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raise up next to, raise him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday is a come. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating. They're scheming. Their scheming has been achieved, but they don't know it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday is coming. It's Friday. The earth is trembling. The sky grows dark. My king yields his spirit. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death is won. Sin is conquered. And Satan's just a laughing. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stand guard. And a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It's only Friday. But Sunday is a coming. It's Friday. But Sunday is here. And so if you bear with me just for a moment, I want to preach the second part of that message. Because early Sunday morning, something historical happened. This event that happened on resurrection morning can affect the events or the occurrences that happen in your life. From Matthew chapter 28, in verses 1 through 6, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was white like, like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake 
and became as dead men. They fell under the power of resurrection. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not you, for I know that you seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Out of that dark tomb walked Jesus, the light of the world. The Lamb of God, the the Lord of glory, the fairest of ten thousands, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Heaven's hope and hell's dread walked out of that tomb. Death was defeated, hell was incarcerated, and the grave was made empty. And so the best news that ever came from a graveyard happened over 2,000 years ago. And let's say it together real strong. He lives, he lives, he lives. You may be seated. So today, hope is needed more than ever. The good news of Easter is that hope is alive. The resurrection of Jesus Christ offers hope to all. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten, un- begotten us unto a lively hope from the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. I want to talk to you about a few things that the resurrection offers. Number one, it offers the hope of a life of purpose. Because you see from Ephesians 1, 11 and 12, it says that it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us. He had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, He's working out in everything and in everyone. Absolutely everything got started in Christ and find its purpose in Him. And you who have called upon the name of the Lord, you are in Him. You are in Christ. And you can never tell yourself what your purpose is. You've got to talk to your Creator. You've got to open up the owner's manual and let this Word dwell in you richly and allow the Spirit of the living God who lives on the inside of you to speak to you and to download His purpose and to download His destiny for your life. Can you say Amen? Amen. In Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you. His plans that He have for you are good. His plans for you are for peace and not anxiety. His plans for you are prosperity and not lack. His plans for you are divine health and not sickness and disease. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. Do you know His plans? Do you know His Word? As you open up the perfect law of liberty and continue in it, you will see the plan of God from Genesis to Revelation. You will see His purpose for your life. And in the Scripture it says that God raised Jesus from the dead to quicken you and to make you alive in Him. Amen. 
He said, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. A hope and a bright future. In the world all around us is bad news. But I've got good news for you. He's got good plans for your life. God has purposes and plans to give you a bright future. We have much to live for. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Don't let the circumstances of life talk you out of it. Don't let the news talk you out of it. Forget the bad news and open up the B-I-B-L-E and fill your life with the good news. You will never open the Bible and see a day of doom and despair and agony. You will open up the Bible and you will see life and liberty and the glorious power of God manifesting in your life. Say it with me real strong. I have a hope and I have a future. Glory to God. The most important event in all of human history is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The greatest event of resurrection can change and alter the events in your life. Jesus offers us the hope of a great purpose. Jesus offers us the great hope of power for every problem that we may face. Amen. Amen. The hope of a powerful life. He gives us supernatural power for our everyday life. Oh, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19 and 20, he says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. One translation says that you would come to grips with the incomparable greatness of His power. There is no power that can compare with the power of resurrection. Even in the Word of God, how many of you know the creation, there was great power released. God said, let there be light. And what was there? The sun, the moon, the stars, the ocean, all of the galaxies came to pass as God said, let there be light. But the greatest power that we will ever see in the word of God is the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And why is it so great? That power that raised him from the dead is not only the power that raised him, but raises you from death to life. You think about down through the ages. Many people have been downtrodden. Many people have experience of hell in their lives. But when they called upon the name of the Lord, that incomparable power raised them up to a brand new life. The Bible says that it's immeasurable, it's unlimited, and it is surpassing. So Paul is praying that we would understand the incredible, incomparable greatness of His power for us who believe in Him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly places. Oh, present day power for every problem that you and I face. And so today... We can activate this power. 
How do we activate this power? The Apostle Paul said it this way, I want to know and I want to experience the mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. We activate the very power of God by believing. We activate the very power of God by speaking. And we activate the power of God by acting. You see, the very presence of God is in this room. The very power of God is available to those who will plug in to His power. And I submit to you this morning that faith is the plug. This power is toward those who will believe. This power is toward those who will speak. This power is toward those who will act on the Word of God. And so just for a moment today, I want us to activate the power of God together. Everyone say this with me. Because of the resurrection, I have life in me. I'm getting stronger and stronger every day. My eyes are seeing more clearly. My ears are hearing better. My mind is functioning perfectly. And every bone, every organ, every nerve, every ligament in my life is daily being supercharged with the glory of God. My days are being lengthened and my youth is being renewed like the eagles. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. My youth is being renewed like the eagles. Thank God for resurrection power that can keep you strong and keep you alive even at 80 years old, even at 70 years old. Glory to God. I got to thinking about it earlier this morning. This is Brenda and my 40th Easter celebration with Heart of the Bay Christian Center. Now, there is no way, absolutely no way that we could have ever made it this far without resurrection power. How many of you can testify to the fact that you are alive and well, that you're still breathing, you're still shouting, you're still dancing because Jesus' resurrection power is in your life? Woo! And friend, if he has brought you this far, he will take you all the way. He will take you all the way to the finish line. The devil has told some of you that you are finished. No, you're not finished. He is finished. Because the Creator, the Lord Jesus said, It is finished. And so we need to declare, I'm finished with this. I'm finished with that. I'm finished with days of weakness. I'm going to participate in days of heaven upon the earth. Because resurrection power is available to me today. So activate this resurrection power. Thank God for resurrection past and resurrection future. But what about resurrection power right now? The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And He that raised Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body. But I have discovered that there are multiple quickenings available in resurrection power. He will not only quicken your body, but He'll quicken your mind. He'll make you bright. He'll make you sharp. He will bless your memory. 
Not only will He quicken your mind, but He can quicken a dead marriage. He can quicken a dead pocketbook. He can quicken a dead career. I'm telling you, the quickener is in the house today. Glory to God. Lift your hands and say, I'm being quickened today by the very power of God. You see, what may look like a dead end is prime for a resurrection. And resurrection power offers to us through the power of God the hope of great restoration. Resurrection Restoration is in the air in this place today. He is in the restoration business. He will reinstate you to your original condition. He can rebuild and renew, revitalize and revive you. And it's available to our entire being. You see, we are a spirit made in the very image and likeness of God. We are a spirit, we have a soul, we have a mind, and we have emotions, but we live in a physical body. First of all, spiritual restoration is available to us this morning. In Psalms 51 verse 12, David had experienced some setbacks. Have you ever experienced a setback spiritually? I like what Kurt T. Thirsty says, don't let a setback cause you to sit back, prepare for a comeback. Amen? And some of you today can come back to God. You can come back to Christ. He's open and He is available, praise the Lord, with His arms today to welcome you back into His presence. Amen. David said this, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. Can you remember when you first got saved? Such joy, such hunger, such a desire for community with your brothers and sisters in Christ. I want to exhort you this morning, if you have left your first love, return to your first love. Invite Him to restore the joy of your salvation. You see, He who began a good work in you he will complete it. He will perform it with your cooperation, with your invitation. He's not just going to do anything without your participation. But he that has begun a good work in you, oh, has he begun a good work in you? He will complete it. He will perform it with your cooperation until he, re he returns. Place your hand over your heart and pray this with me. Oh God, restore unto me. The joy, the gladness of my salvation. I believe it and I receive it today. So there's spiritual restoration, but there's also emotional or soulish restoration. I've experienced this in my life. Psalms 23 verse 3 says, He restores my soul. And He leads me in the paths of righteousness for what? For His namesake. He can take a restore, a, a soul that was broken and make it whole again. He can bring it back again. He can repair it and He can refresh it. 
He wants to take what is broken and damaged and what feels like is beyond repair in our lives and restore it. You know, He calls you to rest. He calls you to breathe. He calls you to drink cool, refreshing streams of His love, of His forgiveness and of His grace. He causes every one of us to lie down and close our eyes in soft green pastures. Along with the restoration of our soul comes a refreshing. I love how Young's put it. It says, my soul he refresheth. He is the restorer and he is the one that will refresh your soul. But again, it will happen as we cooperate with him. And how do we do that? Well, in Matthew 11, verse 28 and verse 30, he says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy burden, and I will make it worse. No, he didn't say, I'll make it worse. He'll make it better. And how does he make it better? He says, I will give you rest. The great I will. The great I am says, if you'll just come to me and do your part, I will impart my rest, my refreshing, and my blessed peace upon your life. Notice the next verse in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. And so this is connected to great peace. The scripture talks about the peace of God that passes all understanding. She'll keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. This peace that he offers is not as the world gives. He said, peace I give you, my peace I leave you. It is not as the world giveth, give I unto you. And then he says, don't allow your heart and your mind to be troubled. Amen. And so as we come to him, we get an impartation of the peace of God that passeth all understanding. And I've discovered this, that peace is not the absence of trouble. Now in the world, there's going to be some tribulation. Has anybody faced any trouble in the last three years? COVID was not our friend. But I can see today that you're still here that you're still alive, that you're still breathing, that you've got lungs in, in, you've got breath in your lungs. Amen. Oh, thank God. Even though in the world there's going to be trouble. But Jesus said this, be of good cheer. Why, Jesus? Because I have literally overcome the world on your behalf. And then he has placed world overcoming faith on the inside of each and every one of you. Because whosoever and whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our trust, even our hope, and even our confidence in Him. Do you trust Him today? Are you confident in Him? Do you know, praise God, that He's for you, that He's on your side, that there's nothing too difficult that you'll ever face that will ever separate you from His great love and His great restoring power? If you believe it, shout Amen. Amen. And then we understand that it's not the absence of trouble, but it is the very presence of God. So we see spiritual restoration. 
we see emotional and soulish restoration. And then we see physical restoration. In Jeremiah chapter 30 in verse 17, and if it's up there, please read it with me. Ready, read. For I will restore health unto you, and I will heal thee of your wounds. Let's stop right there. He said, I will restore health unto thee. There's that I will again. I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal you of your wounds. Well, was he not wounded for our transgressions? Was he not bruised for our iniquities? There's healing available today. If your health has been stolen, there's restoration for divine health. He can make your health better than before. He can improve it. He can increase it. He can actually renew your youth. But I want to pay attention to the word wounds there. He said, for I will restore health unto thee and I will heal you of your wounds. You see... He can and He will remove the wounds brought on by sickness and disease. He can remove the wounds brought on by some tragedies that may have happened in your life. And I love the fact that He says, I am the one that restores health unto thee. That word restore carries with it this thought. It'll be springing up. It'll be quickening in your life. It'll happen suddenly. See, Jesus came to heal the broken. He came to take what has been broken in our lives and make it whole again. That's what he said in Luke 4.18. After the, he came from the wilderness, he returned in the power of the Spirit. And he stood up in the synagogue on that Sabbath day. And he said in Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal that which is broken. To preach deliverance to the captives. Recovering of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty them that are bruised. Oh, thank you, Lord. Anything that's been bruised or crushed or broken down by calamity. He is your restorer. He is your quickener. And he is your healer. Amen. And He can bring a full recovery into your life. He pours in the oil. He pours in the wine. He is the one that was wounded for you. Praise the Lord. There's several of you here today that the Spirit of God wants to touch before that we go home today. He wants to touch you where you hurt. He wants to bring his power and his wholeness into your entire being. I believe for a saturation to the degree that the presence of God will be so strong upon you and among us that you'll just get saturated with his presence. And that which is needing to be healed will be healed by his presence. Amen. Say it with me in the presence of God. There is fullness of joy. In the presence of His resurrection power, there is healing for wounded people. Thank you, Lord. Lord, let's activate that right now. Let's activate that right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Right now. 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want all of you to stand to your feet right now. We're going to finish the message in just a moment. But you know what? We need to strike where the anointing is present. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you know, there is no greater thing than a corporate anointing. By a corporate anointing, I mean every one of us have faith. Amen. And every one of us have prayer to place on one another's life. It's true that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, makes tremendous power available, and is dynamic in its working. So if you are here today and you've experienced wounds in your life, if you're here this morning and you've experienced sickness and disease in your life, and you'd like someone to minister to you, would you raise your hand all over the auditorium? All over the auditorium. If you see a hand that is raised, if you see a hand that is lifted, those that are around you, just pray over them right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we speak a word of restoration over your life. We speak a word of restoration over your life spiritually, over your life emotionally, and over your life physically. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We activate the power of God today. Go ahead and take a few moments with this. Let the Spirit of the Lord move mightily in you and through you to your brothers and to your sisters, even right now, in the name. In the name. Everyone say, we pray in the name. We believe in the name. The power of the Lord is activated in this place right now. God says, I will restore to you the years that the enemy has ripped off from you. Oh, come on, somebody. He said, I'm going to restore to you the years that the enemy has ripped off from you. You know, if an enemy be found out, praise God, he's going to have to restore sevenfold. Come on, somebody. Amen. When he says, I'm going to restore to you the years that the enemy has stolen, he said, I'm going to recompense, I'm going to reward, I'm going to make an end of it, and I'm going to take that which was bad, and I'm going to turn it around for the goodness of God. There's restoration in your life for what's been stolen. Everyone say, we speak a word of restoration. Be restored in your spirit. Be restored in your body. Be restored in your relationships. Be restored in your finances. Be restored in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. How many of you can testify in the house today that Jesus came along and rescued you? He came with the oil. He came with the wine. And He poured it in. He took you out of a dark, deep pit. And He sought for you. And He looked for you. And He raised you out of the pit. And placed you into His glorious family. Oh, there's a rescuer in the house today. There's a healer in the house today. There's a resurrected one in the house today. Woo, glory to God.